This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Episode 330, The CW's Crisis on Infinite Earths, Part 1. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens Podcast. Strangers. <laughs> to boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. I am your father's best friend, Plumber. Captain Kirk. Do you think that there's room in sci-fi for God? The very first thing that God did so was that he created something, so we have a creative God. This is Strangers of Aliens Podcast. Hello, welcome to another episode of Strangers and Aliens. My name is Ben, Ben Avery. And if you've listened to the podcast, you know I like to talk about sci-fi fantasy and spirituality because that's what this podcast is about. But I'm not alone to talk about that stuff. No, no, no. Not at all. I'm here with Steve McDonald. Hey, everybody. And also Evan David. Hi. And <laughs> I'm laughing because I didn't know what they were going to say because this is the third time we've gone at this opening. So <laughs> we're but let's just – uh, <laughs> Which also explains why I'm just wanting to talk so fast so we can just get to the topic at hand, which is going to be kind of a fun one, I think. Uh, it's, you know, we, we've talked about a lot of MCU stuff, but we've not talked a lot about um, the CW TV stuff. And so that's what this episode is about, is the giant crossover that the CW is doing with five of their, well, it's five of their current series that are actually having episodes in the thing. But there's like Black Lightning and Legends of Tomorrow. They're not getting one, right? Legends of Tomorrow is. Okay. Black Lightning is not. Okay. Yeah. Basically, it's a five-hour crossover event. Well, it, the shows really don't matter because you can't really tell which show you're watching. Right. Well, and watching <laughs> on the on app, it. it didn't matter because uh, the opening didn't say Supergirl. It said Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And that is what we are talking about. If you have not seen this, well, we're going to talk about the first three episodes of this thing. Um, I would say we're going to spoil and not play the spoiler organ. We're just going to be jumping into yeah. the topic. So briefly, I'd say, hey, if you like Superman, if you like Smallville, if you like Flash from the 90s, or if you like these TV shows that are on right now, currently on CW, you're going to want to watch this is that, mm -hmm. that be fair to say yes yeah yeah uh and if you like any of those characters outside of that I, I think you could still enjoy watching um this this thing even if you're not like a, a fan of the these tv shows uh this is a, it's an interesting thing they're doing i'd almost say this is homework you should do this is sci-fi homework for tv yeah it's, it's history making yeah totally totally and that's part of why we're going to talk about it, because this is it's big and interesting. So spoiler warning right now, we're going to be talking about the first three chapters of Crisis on Infinite Earths. 
because that's all that's aired. And the last two chapters will be sometime in January. And we'll come back to this sometime in January. Yes. Well, let's just start with this. What is this? What is this thing? (laughs) So this is a recap or not a recap. It's a crossover of the current CW DC superhero shows that are on the CW network. It has been building to this for since flash season one, episode one, where they showed a newspaper from the future, which read flash vanishes in crisis, red skies disappear. And so I don't know if they were actually planning to do this whole thing or if that was just going to be a nod, but there it was. And they've since been building to this. It's been officially building to this since last year's crossover called Elseworlds, where the monitor from Crisis on Infinite Earths showed up and pitted the heroes against each other to test their metal. And now the the entire seasons of Arrow and Flash this year, every episode has been about the crisis is coming. And now it's here, this five-hour crossover event, which not only crosses over every single CW DC show, but every single DC live-action thing that's ever happened. Yeah. No. Ex- except Almost. for yeah. some. Not not Swamp Thing. No, <laughs> All I, the good ones. None of that's the Swamp Things are in there. Um, Titans was. Titans from uh, the DC, DC Universe. Universe, yep. Um, <laughs> The Batman serials from the 1940s were not not, not represented. Right, no, you're right. No. Superboy from the 80s. That's not in there. George Reeves, so uh, Superman, Girl from the movie from the 80s. Oh no, that yeah. would be represented because that was in Superman, Christopher Reeves series. Oh, okay. Yes. So while because she's not represented, that universe, the universe was. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Christopher Reeves, Superman, returns again. The unaired pilot of Justice League. No, not represented. 19... No, not, no, not there. Super Pup. Super Pup did not have a place in this. <laughs> the unaired pilot. Have you ever Super seen Pup. it? I have seen clips. Electro uh, Woman and Dinah Girl. Not n- in this one. Not DC. <laughs> so I more's think... the pity. Yeah, yeah. Where's the pity? Uh, also, is in it. also Sam? missing is uh, DCEU. So the current ddc movie continuity is not really represented here yes Um, no although isn't one of the movies that superman no i don't know i've lost track no no i don't know zan and jana not in this one look somewhere else oh that's that's not live action though so i think well they were as live action as you could be for a cartoon I, I would also disagree about that, too. I think I think a cartoon could be a lot more live action than Super Friends from the 1970s. Yes. OK, so so Ben, how do you want to do this? Do we just want to do a recap of the plot? I don't know. I mean, this is uh, this is different here. You know what we're doing? Uh, I mean, I'm assuming people have seen it if they're listening right now. So, I mean, a or brief recap might be. It. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, we could do a, a brief recap. Do you? Yeah, you mind if I do it? Can you do it briefly? I, yes, I think so. Okay, let's do it. Okay, so this is based on the Crisis on Infinite Earths comic book. See previous episodes for a recap of that. Um, and so just <laughs> just like in the comic books, there's a giant antimatter wave that is coming through all of the multiverse, and it's annihilating everything in its path, destroying entire universes. And... Uh, 
the multiverse in the shows are, is very much like the DC one. We've got the Earth 1, Earth 2, Earth 38, Earth 90, Earth 89, blah, 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 blah. Earth 666? Yes, Earth 666, Earth Earth uh, 78, stuff like that. Here's a question so, for you about that, though. Yeah. They say crisis on infinite Earths. Is it yeah. actual infinite Earths or is it just 52 universes? It's not 52. There's more. Okay. There's, there's All right. 666. But there's a finite number of universes. There has obviously. to be. But infinite is just a it's. Because if it's infinite, you, then you can't destroy it all. Right. Right. Yeah. Because it would just there would be more. There's always more. Yeah. Right. But right. as far as we're going to be counting all the Earths that out are out there that apparently have the the ability to be infinite are going to be involved in a crisis. Yes. Anyway, so, so. the monitor who is a uh, mutton chop wearing godlike be- space being uh, is recruiting and readying heroes for this crisis that is coming specifically green arrow flash uh, and the Martian manhunter and some other people. Now I have uh, to say that I'm sort of impressed that they kept the costuming as close as they did to the original in the, in the comic. Yeah. Books. Yeah. So the, I'm, the monitor I'm and pariah pariah uh, and, uh, and, Har- uh, Harbinger, the uh, Harbinger. Yeah. Yeah. Very impressive yeah. costuming. Um, so anyway, uh, we see a couple of different earths be destroyed like, uh, Earth 66, which is where Burt Ward, Robin, was living out his retirement. Earth 89, which is Michael Keaton, Batman's world. It's all canon now in this universe, and it's destroyed. Um, the Titans Earth from the DCU. Okay, Evan, you said you're going to do this quick. You're okay, in the yeah, first yeah, yeah, five right. minutes of the first episode go. still. Here we go. We're gonna, I'm just first gonna skip five all minutes the of the first episode. Okay, I'm skipping all the details. So... Uh, the Animated Waves come into Earth-38, which is Supergirl's Earth. The heroes band together to try to get everybody off of the Earth because there's no way to stop the Animated Wave. Um, and so they they are able to get roughly half the population off that Earth before it is destroyed. And uh, everybody evacuates to Earth-1, which is the last Earth on the docket for the Animated Wave to be destroyed. Then the monitor says, okay, you've got to go and ser- search out heroes in the multiverse called paragons who are going to be the seven chosen heroes to be able to stop the anti-monitor and so they go and they find some heroes one of them is christopher reeves brandon routh superman one of them is maybe going to be old batman and there's a bunch of other ones we could talk about later and so they get them together (laughs) and then uh every oh yeah oliver queen dies in the first episode He's the Robert Downey Jr. of this universe. And uh, so everybody was real shocked about that. There's a side plot where they're trying to bring him back to life with a Lazarus pit. And uh, then Harbinger gets abducted and taken over by the anti-monitor, who is the evil version of the monitor, the one behind the whole anti-matter wave thing. She kills the monitor. And then there's also a scene where uh, they find the thing that's generating the anti-matter wave and the Flash thinks he's going to have to die to kill it. But the other flash from earth 90 uh the one from the 90s tv show takes his place and destroys the thing himself and then the remaining surviving heroes that survive the monitor's betrayal are gathered on the vanishing point which is a place for outside of time and space from superman comics because at this point all the universes have been destroyed 
Yes. They're all destroyed. The monitor has yeah. one. There's only seven or eight beings left in existence. Um, and so, yeah, that's where it ends. Yeah. It, it's looking bad for our heroes. Yes. Yeah. So, okay. okay. <laughs> Here it is. Here, let's start with just our, our, uh, initial impressions of this thing. Okay. All right. And this comes from me who I have not watched, uh, much CW in a long, long while. And, uh, Steve, I don't know where you're, where you stand with as far as the CWDC stuff. Yeah. I haven't watched it in a long while either. And then Evan, where, where are you with that? I know you watch Supergirl uh, a lot. Yes. I, I keep up with Supergirl and flash. I did keep up with Arrow until two seasons ago, and then I jumped ship. But then I jumped back on this season because every single episode was a tie-in to Crisis on Infinite Earths. So, and then I watched the first two seasons of Legends of Tomorrow, and then quit on that. Yeah, you know, for me it was it was interesting because when I was reading comic books back in the eighties, yes, I'm that old. I didn't read a lot of DC stuff because there were so many universes and so many, you know, it was like, Oh, the JLA and the JSA and the, what the, who, the, what, and I didn't want to invest that much time and energy. And so I, I was a Marvel guy for a long time until the crisis on infinite earths. And I said, this is something I can get into because, you know, it's going to streamline everything. And I started getting into DC comic books because of crisis on infinite earths. So seeing, the same thing happened here is really interesting because when I was reading crisis on infinite earths the first time, there were all these people that I had no idea who they were or how important they were yet here. They were doing this stuff. And I was like, Oh, I get it now. And I'm getting the same feeling doing, you know, watching this series. Yeah. That's the thing about, so crisis on infinite earths, they were basically doing that to clean up the DC universe. Just to get right. it so it it was just one place instead of yeah. all these different universes. And that wasn't a bad impulse, by the way. I I feel nope. like um, that was something that that really – it reset all the pieces. They were able to start from the beginning with new Superman, new Wonder Woman, all this stuff. They were starting all over. Um, you know, this we, we talked about this a little bit in our 1986 episode. Mm-hmm. which was 1986 is the greatest year of comic history. Not necessarily right. the greatest comics ever, but as far as comic history goes, it was the greatest year because you had Watchmen, you had um, Dark Knight, you had uh, Infinite uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, you had Mouse, you had all these different things that just were really changing uh, the face of comics happening that right. year. And so – yeah, and the the cool thing about reading it now is you're right, Steve. There's a lot of characters who show up in that that you're just like, who are these people? I don't know who they are. But I think if you were deep in DC and reading it regularly, you were still going to say mm-hmm. that because they were bringing yeah. out these old old characters. Oh yeah, and you know, and trotting them out and and kind of doing the same thing they did here, uh, killing them. Well, that too. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but that's. <laughs> You know, uh, birds of prey. Okay, so um, one of the beginning, one of the episodes starts with, uh, oh, I can't remember the character's name, but um, she's from the old, birds, the old birds of prey uh, show yeah. that they had uh, about I don't know ten years ago, maybe a little bit more, but probably more. She's 
just running on the rooftops, looking up at the sky and dying. Like, just done. Yep. You know, you're like, oh, hey, what are they going to do with her? Oh, that's what they're going to do with her. She did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then the 90s Flash. Um, and they were also pulling all the stops with the music. So 90s Flash had the Danny Elfman uh, um, theme song running as he was doing his running. And you have some John Williams showing up in some of the Superman stuff. You have can when, you read my mind when you had the um, the, the Batman uh, 89 where you saw the, the the reporter sitting on the bench and you hear Danny Elfman's Batman theme. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're they're definitely pulling all the stops and tying all these things together. It's a little bit of a cheat because they're still different universes. Well, and they're adding canon to these shows. Well, yeah. So 90s Flash, yep. this is his end. Uh, mm-hmm. They brought him yeah. back earlier into Flash, the right? Elseworlds crossover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he was seen then, uh, but this is his ending. This is him dying to save the universe, and that's kind of interesting. Uh, I wonder if they're going to be bringing back any of these characters because, like, Birds of Prey Lady, <laughs> she that was a pretty, I don't know what you would call that, but it's it's not a great ending for that, that character arc. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess they could do something where, you know, they get back in time and are able to restore things. Yeah, because there's got to be resurrections because they've killed Superman, CW Superman. Well, they killed the universes. I mean, there's going to be some form of resurrection (laughs) happening here. (laughs) Yeah, every supporting character in Flash is dead. Every single one of them. But the interesting thing with that is, okay, so you got the resurrections that are going to happen. I was wondering, is this they're going to resurrect these all these universes into one so that basically so that they don't have to jump universes when they're going to do another crossover? Right. Or uh, the the reason that doesn't work is because the Titans, you know, from DC Universe. Yep. Yep. Uh, that's an ongoing show right now. Rated R that that too but it's yeah <laughs> but it's an ongoing thing I, I so to bring them back and put them all into one one universe yeah uh, would change the face of that show too which i don't absolutely. know absolutely and they've already they already have a batman in that show like on screen batman so i don't know where that's and, going to go but they're part of they're one of the earths that were destroyed though right correct yeah okay well um, but they've all been destroyed by now like yes. at the end, all of them are gone. Well, I know, but it's one of the official Earths that is part of this continuity that's destroyed. I mean, uh, you know, some yeah. Earths yeah. aren't part of this, like the and that's that's fine. Forty serial, <laughs> and I'm fine with that being like if they're separate Earths. I feel like the one thing that has to happen at the end of this is they have to merge Earth One and Earth Thirty Eight, which Earth Thirty Eight is the Supergirl Earth, which is their way of explaining why no one's ever heard of Superman or mentioned right. him in the flash and arrow shows. So they've got to merge those two together. I don't, I don't see how you can not do that. I feel like that would be a huge mistake. Well, what they, what they could do and you know, it would be with a, a caveat <laughs> and although um, is, you know, that maybe if they got the seven, uh, uh, you know, special, special people there to, like each of them would represent one world. So one of the, each of them could champion one world. And like those seven worlds are now merged together with the best 
of everything, you know, the, 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 whatever, you know, you, you could do something where, you know, even, even the best supervillains are still there because they're the best, you know, they're, well, they're the best, whatever. Um, and that happened, I, that's what happened in the comic book. There were five earths left. Yeah. Which were all the earths that contained all the cool stuff that DC wanted to keep. <laughs> and then they mushed all of those together into one. Right. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, you would the caveat would be, you know, although there's this pocket universe where the the Titans still exist or, you know, something where it gives them that out. So it's just sort of like you. Yes. Yes. Only these exist. But secretly, you know, <laughs> and, and and who knows, maybe it'll show up in a, in a different way, in a different, you know, time zone or something. And or maybe that'll be one of the seven where it's jammed together and then that the Batman that does exist there doesn't exist or maybe they bring him into, you know, whatever. So I don't know. It's what's interesting about this, the way this whole thing is just shaped is that the end game kept changing throughout these three episodes. You know, it's, it's, so they have their goal, you know, we, we just want to keep Oliver alive, you know, and, or we just want right. to save, you know, we just want to stop, stop the wave. Okay. Well, now I just want to save my one earth that was destroyed by the, by the wave. And right. now, oh, uh, now all the universes are dying except for our one. And, and now, uh, okay, everything, everything's destroyed. And I, I'm just curious, like, what <laughs> is the end game? Is the end game now just bring back one, bring back all, well, How, how's that going to work? Because it's been se- it was several characters end games. Like you have the monitors end game, but then like Supergirl's got her own plan and Batwoman's got her own plan and etc. Yeah, but all yeah. of them, you know. So okay, we want to w- Oliver. Let's let's go with that. He dies, which yep. was a little bit of surprise. I wasn't surprised by it, uh, but that's just I think I knew he was going to die. No, everybody I, knew he was going to die. Okay, like, so they, I wasn't surprised. Is what I I'm did. Saying. They've been they've been telling you that the entire season. Every single episode's been about how he's going to die, but I don't think I anybody expected it to happen in the first episode. <laughs> I think that was the shock. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and so then they're spending think, they're spending the the subplot and a lot of screen time is going to this. Let's resurrect him, and then when they get to the point where they actually almost have finished that, it changes because he becomes the specter. Yeah. And, and so their their goal to do this thing and they completely fail because the the, the goal changes. And guys, guys, but how cool is it that the Spectre's in a TV show? I don't know because I don't know what the whole deal is with this Spectre. <laughs> I, yeah, you know? I, I, I wasn't all that impressed by him. Uh, no, he, not, on, not on screen yet, but the character's there and hopefully they'll do him bright with this cool costume yeah hopefully but you know <laughs> not not his kingdom come costume though i think that that was one of the the fun things for me is that like you you get to see the end of all these characters and if if it plays out that that's that's how they really end you know in this huge cataclysmic thing that happened and i mean that's what happens in real life you know, you're walking down the street and something happens and it's not a red wave, but it could be a car or something and just, you know, and you're done and you could be the president and you could be a beggar. It doesn't matter because, yeah. you know, anyone can just have that go. Yeah. And that was one of the spiritual applications 
I was thinking of while I was watching it. Yeah. Um, because, uh, yeah, it just really like so many people die and it just really makes you think about mortality. Yeah. And there's, there's, these are the greatest heroes and there's nothing they can do yep. to stop it. Except Robin. even it, Robin, except <laughs> it's going Robin's to be died. reversed. Like that's the, that's the thing. Like this is comic book stuff now. Okay. There's no way that the, the next season of all these shows is going to be these characters in the vanishing point, just hanging out. Good know? application, Ben resurrection also in the Bible, but not this way. <laughs> this is like a resurrection a is in the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's that is true that well, is like, true even though and resurrection we die, that comes if we believe at, in christ we will someday yeah, live well and, and what was the cost for that resurrection the cost was sacrifice yeah and yeah <laughs> in our universe it was a cross in their universe it was a treadmill in their universe it was also a cross so we're just gonna leave it at that <laughs> yeah. actually that is true that is canonical in now, the that, of tomorrow the- show one of the things that that bothered me was the whole crossover with Lucifer, and yes, I was like, "Me too. Me too." Is Lucifer an actual? I mean, obviously they they use the devil and they use devil characters and stuff, but was the TV show supposed to be based on a DC character? Yeah. Yes, it was the the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There was a. So I, it's a Vertigo character. Yep. That came, okay. that spun out of Sandman. So I, I I had zero interest in it at all. So when he showed up, I was just like, "What?" It was just more goofy, you know, modern misunderstanding of what the devil is all about. Yes. Than than anything, and then having that be the the way that the specter comes in. I mean, eh, I don't well, know. I mean, no, that was they used Lucifer as a key to get to purgatory. You know, that was the shortcut to get to purgatory. Purgatory is where Spectre shows up, but it's Constantine too. Like that's, that's the other thing is um, he had his season of the show and, and now he's back here. Yeah. yeah he's been a regular on um, legends of tomorrow. Yeah. That's what I'd heard, but they're just using it all. Yeah. It just reminded me though, of how, how different things are now than when the, they were doing Smallville. And Bruce Wayne couldn't appear yeah. on Smallville, you yeah. know, because because, yeah. well, we got movies, you know, so you can you can't have Batman, but you can have the yeah. Batman of all of our other characters. Green yes. Arrow. Did they have Lois and Clark in this one? Did they cross over to that? Nope, not with Dean Kane. No. OK. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right, Ben. They brought back your Superman. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. His his continuity. They did, yeah, yeah. What'd you think? Uh, there were. It was it was fun. It was fun when they first come to the planet, and he's Clark Kent, and he's playing Clark Kent the way he did for Superman Returns, which means he was playing Clark Kent like Christopher Reeve, mm-hmm. like he. It was just that, and I knew he's going to be Kingdom Come, or they were calling him Kingdom Come Superman. And so I was expecting a little more darkness when they went to this place. And nope, it is. Hey, I'm Clark Kent and I'm a nice guy. And, you know, I'm going to be welcoming to you guys and I'll talk with you. And yeah, uh, that was cool. He, 
He's got Kingdom Come Superman's costume and some of his origin story. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but it's yeah. based, but it's it's clearly they've said, all right, Superman 1, 2, and 3 and Superman Returns are the canon for this guy, and this is the next thing. The, the interesting thing about it is, you know, Kingdom Come Superman had all that loss and all that stuff he was dealing with, and it caused him... Uh, it, when you see him for the first time, you see him dealing with that stuff. Yeah. This is him. He's gotten past all of that stuff. Uh, and so they come to him and he's supposed to be this man who has lost more than a mortal man can lose. Um, but he's dealing with a pretty good, yeah. you know, <laughs> and, and he is not the kingdom come Superman. And so when he fights right. them, it's because of Lex Luthor, you know, and, uh, but as soon as Lex Luthor had them fighting, I'm just like, Oh, this reminds me a little bit of something. Uh, and then after the fight was done, Brandon Routh is like, yeah, this is not the first time that I've gone nuts and fought myself. And it was just, <laughs> ooh, yeah, that was yep. <laughs> one of my favorite scenes from Christopher Reeve, honestly, is when he's fighting himself in the in the junkyard. <laughs> he just I, I think he had a lot of fun with it. And I think that that helped. But they should have had a scene where like one of them like rips off the ass on his chest and throws it at the other one to wrap them up or something. There's still time. That's in canon. I mean, there's, yeah, there's two more episodes. Yeah. Not going anywhere. Uh, I, li- I liked his, I liked his explanation of why he added black to it. Too. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. That was even good. In the darkness. That yeah. was good. Yeah. Uh, there, there's been a couple moments like that. That's the other interesting thing. As I was thinking about this, there's been a number of speechifying moments where you just this, the hero or like Iris had a really good speech for Barry. Um, Barry had a really good speech for no Iris. Barry had the the speech for Iris. Iris had the speech for the Paragon of the Humanity. New Adam, the, yeah, the, new Adam. the guy who Henry, Henry Choi. Uh, I, I, all I know about him is he's just a regular human right now, and she gave him a speech, and it was a good one about In being the comics, a hero. He's Ray Palmer's replacement. Well, and that makes sense because um, Brendan Routh is not going to play Adam anymore. Yep. Sad day. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of speech fine going on. And then there's a lot of stuff that just happens where you're like, you know, they just are in the writer's room. They have the scene that they really want to do. And then <laughs> they just got to figure out how to get there. You know, and, <laughs> and we're just going to go there really fast because there's so yep. much stuff happening. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. it's fast paced. Um, yeah, I mean, you, <laughs> all right, let's talk about the uh, special effects here. Because I've been watching the the shows, right? And usually the special effects budget for Flash is really legit. Like a couple seasons ago, they did an entire episode in Gorilla City where he fights giant CGI gorillas. And it was <laughs> it was great. It was really good looking. And I was just blown away by how they could do that on TV. But this season, you can really tell they are skimping on the budget for all the episodes because they're saving it all for this thing. Really? I yes. think they're still That's skimping. Funny. Maybe they're saving for the next two episodes too. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Cause, cause I mean the, there's, there's some sequences that you could tell are like, okay, this is where a lot of the budget is gone. But then there's other ones where like, mm, mm, that doesn't look great. The Superman <laughs> fight just reminded me I was watching TV. Yeah. And I think most of that, like there was one or two shots where it was the positioning of the actors, but I think most of it is the the CGI city background for me. 
I think it was both for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you had the close up stuff, when you're getting the face and the reactions and those things, that's when it was good because you're connecting. There's a human being in front of you that you're connecting with emotionally and, and everything. But when they would cut away to these long shots where they're just kind of, you know, standing near each other and swinging at each other, standing on top of the Daily Planet kind of thing, it just didn't. It just reminded me I'm watching TV. Yeah. <laughs> and, yep. and that's okay. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, this is better than a movie in 1991, you know, as far as that kind of uh, special effects goes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, I, and I just picked out 90, 1991. I'm not dissing on the their effects now. It's just it's better than what things have been in the past, even on the big screen when you had a bigger budget. But, yeah, this feels – it feels small and big at the same time. Yeah. Because everything they're talking about is so big, but everything keeps coming back to these small places. So the Superman fight, they leave the offices, go and fly and fight all around the city, and then end up back in the same office. Yep. <laughs> you know, and and the uh, the ghost fight when Oliver dies, uh, they're they're protect they're they're defending the entire Earth and and they're helping billions of people to escape, uh, but they're doing it in a parking garage. Or whatever that was where they were. And it's just this, yeah. like, well, how is that helpful? Like, how is. Well, it was the tower, and the tower was the thing stopping the antimatter waves. The tower was the thing all of the shadow guys were attacking. I just, I don't understand how that helped billions of people leave. Is that one location, what they did was enough that it, it didn't matter? I don't know. And, and there was one big plot hole for me. And I yes. wish they had never said this. If they didn't say the exposition, it wouldn't be a plot hole. Yeah. Uh, it just didn't make sense because which one they come and they rescue flash 1990 John Wesley ship. Yeah. Who still looks great in the suit. They <laughs> rescue him and he's like, no, I have to stay on that treadmill and keep it going because if I stop, there's a fail safe and the fail safe right. is all universes will be destroyed immediately. <laughs> yeah. And so he has to get back on it. Okay. Now. So it destroys the universes slower. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm saying anti-monitor should have never put him on the thing. Just use the fail safe. Yeah. Anti-monitor Why should have just said, hey, I can <laughs> skip all the superhero stuff. If I do this slow, that gives them the opportunity to maybe stop me. But if I do this fast and just not, I, I'm not going to put the guy on the treadmill. I'm going to I'm going to take him off myself. So it triggers the fail safe and destroys everything. Well, it, it could be that he's trying to torture Flash 90, you know, and, and say, you know, as as fast as you can run, they're still going to to be, you know, be destroyed and just put him on there and say, go ahead, run as fast as you can. They're still going to be destroyed. If you stop running, they are going to be destroyed. You know, so it could be something like that. Uh, could be if he hates Flash that much. I um, did like the resolution, though, it, to that scene where, you know, they're going to run it backwards and comic book logic. You know, <laughs> if you run right. it backwards, the energy will come back. And, you know, <laughs> and but, that's what happens in the comic book. But the emotion yeah. of the scene is really nice, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and that's it's it just that that one moment where he's like, wait. Because the wave is taking so long, it's giving them opportunity to figure out plans and try and stop it. But the failsafe destroys it immediately. Why? Why didn't you just start there? (laughs) 
one thing that made me sad about that scene is the room that they're in just makes the the stakes seem really small or a lot, a lot smaller uh-huh. than they should be because it's just such a confined space. It reminds me of the Power Rangers headquarters. And <laughs> and the second thing is the famous shot of the Flash dying in the crisis. He's running around right the swirling energy vortex mm-hmm. and instead of on a just on a treadmill. And what's sad about that is they did that in the season finale of Flash season two. They did that exact scene where he's running counterclockwise to the giant energy vortex, and it looked fantastic. <laughs> and they already used it, so they couldn't use it here in the crisis. Nice. Oh. Yeah, but the treadmills, the treadmill is nice because you, the yeah. treadmill is a thing. You know, it's a very important thing in the DC universe. Mm-hmm. And so having him on a treadmill – uh, I liked that. You know, it's just that one moment where it's like uh, I literally heard brakes screech in my brain. Yep. <laughs> what? Yeah. What? Ben was Ben was texting me about this earlier today, and as soon as he said it, I'm like, oh yeah, yep, yeah. obviously, yeah, terrible. Now, right, you know so what? Ahead, some Steve. of the things, some of the things that I, I I did like about the thing, like the 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 treadmill. I mean, as as cheesy as a treadmill is with a guy that's running fast it exists in dc comics and it is huge and one of the things that that i really appreciated was uh i'm trying to think if it's issue five or issue six in the comic book where uh supergirl dies mm-hmm. and you have ba- a, a superman holding supergirl and just you know everyone just dealing with this death of, of this character i mean the flash died early on so you're like okay but he's like dying through the whole thing you're like maybe i don't know what's gonna happen and then supergirl dies and it's just like this this gut-wrenching rip and you know they they mimic that scene with uh supergirl holding superman as lex Luthor, you know switches places and I was I was impressed that they uh that they went that they switched the places of course like supergirl can't die because she's the one a series right <laughs> um, and steve but, in supergirl season two they did that exact cover of crisis where superman holding supergirl and it looked they? fantastic yeah but they already used it oh <laughs> uh, well you know <sighs> so many certain things i mean it's it's kind of interesting because there's certain things you just you want to do to you know give that homage or to give that you know call back because you never know if, if you're going to be able to do it again. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's why there's two Death Stars, because, you know, in Star Wars, he he had this grand story that ended with a Death Star. And he's like, well, I have to truncate it and just put the best thing. So I'll have a Death Star. And then they're like, oh, you can have three movies. And he's like, OK, so maybe it's just a bigger Death Star. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you get that. And, and sometimes it's it's too bad that you know, you, you can't have the foresight because obviously you can't project the, the audience and the, the, you know, market shares that these episodes are going to get. So you have to do that stuff. But, you know, I mean, I think they're making a lot of, um, a lot of visuals now on the shows. So when you think back to these shows, you know, some of these things are going to be the iconic things that you know 20 years from now when they're remaking this or you know redoing whatever um you know they're going to have that as as those those uh those iconic scenes well let's talk about a controversy okay 
And I did not realize this was a controversy until someone showed up on Facebook mentioning it. And then the Peloton commercial. (laughs) We can talk about that later. But uh, then I I also um, read an article about this scene and then read through some of the comments and people are irate about this. Is this this. a Smallville thing? Yes. Oh, man. Yes. They are (laughs) really angry. I'm seeing people react, and it's funny to me, and I actually said this on, on the Facebook post that I saw, um, the way Lex Luthor reacted to what Tom Welling is doing as as Clark Kent is the same way that all these people are yeah. reacting online yeah. about it. Like, are you an idiot? Why would you do this? This is uh, – and, and so the idea is Lex Luthor is going around trying to kill all the supermen, and – because it's almost infinite earths, he's getting a little tired of it, but he comes to Smallville universe and Tom Welling uh, is there and he's going to kill Tom Welling with kryptonite and he pulls it out and yeah, kryptonite doesn't work because Tom Welling, Clark Kent doesn't have powers because he's settled down with Erica Durance and they have two kids and he is a family man with no powers and that's why he has no powers. So he could settle down and have a family and people are irate. Because basically what they're saying is, so we just watched 10 years of him becoming Superman only for him to choose not to be Superman anymore. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So here's my thing. I was hoping to see him in the suit, and I'm still hoping that maybe we'll get to see it. Because that was the one big thing we never got to see in the in the Smallville show, but does it it say how he chose to give up his powers? No, but here's the thing though. In Smallville, he is always giving up his powers. Every season he is giving up his powers for at least a couple of episodes over and over and over again. So this does not surprise me in the least. (laughs) Like when he said that, I'm like, well, that makes sense (laughs) because how many times did he do that in the Smallville show? So many times. Yeah, and uh, Lex Luthor is president. Yep, as foretold. <laughs> yes, which that was a great <laughs> scene when that when they showed that in, on Smallville, uh, that that look to the future, uh, mm-hmm. and Lex Luthor is in the Oval Office, and it's just this dark, uh, crazy moment, crazy moment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, I, I just I'm watching it, and I'm like, wow, that's a nice twist, you know, and. And to me, you know, I I watched almost all 10 seasons, you know, toward the end. I didn't watch every episode of of the last three seasons, I think. It was just a few here and there. And then I watched the final episode um, because it was the final episode and it was a show that I liked, you know, from from episode one. And and so for me, it was like, oh, that's a that's a nice twist. That's an interesting twist on the character here. You got this kind of opposite thing of the. uh, Dark Knight Batman, which we need to talk about, but yeah, he he's given up his powers, and Lex can't or can't kill him, <laughs> and, and and it's just okay. Uh, I'm gonna get out of here now. Goodbye. Thank you very much. I'm not gonna kill you because you just really upset me, and <laughs> and they just turn around and go have dinner. <laughs> and yep. Here's what what I'm curious about, and I actually now want to read this. Um, have you read any of the Smallville, uh, comics? Yep. I've got a couple of volumes here on my shelf that you can borrow. Ben. Are they good? 
Yeah. I mean, they're exact. like, it's really fun because uh, it's basically exactly how you would expect the episodes to be written. They're written like that. But now they're bringing in a Smallville version of Batman and a Smallville version of The Monitor and et cetera, et cetera. And they're canon because, yes. I mean, the producer of of this, I don't know if it's if he's the producer of just one of the shows or of all. The, I don't know how it works, but he has said that the Smallville comics happened before the scene. Like yep. the this scene is a continuation of that Smallville canon that went from comics or from uh, series to comics, and then this is this is the end of that character arc for him. Yes, and the comic series is called Smallville Season Eleven. That's what the title of the comic is. Okay, so and he's Superman, right? Yeah, like he's in the he's in the costume. Yep. Okay. The Smallville version of the Superman costume. Sure. Like, it's really fun because, like, you know, with a comic book, you have unlimited budget and you can just make it look however you want. But they're like, nah, we're going to make it look how we would have done it if it was on a TV budget on the CW. <laughs> Which makes so sense, that, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's it's fun. And Batman looks horrible. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's great, man. Like, they, they do the Batman costume and his chin is open right in the mask, just like regular Batman, but he's still chosen to put black grease paint all over his face. Okay. Yeah. It's dumb, but it's what they would have done. I'm not so sure about, (laughs) (laughs) I will send you a picture. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, talking about Batman, what'd you think of Kevin Conroy in his first live action Batman appearance? Yeah. Very interesting take. (laughs) Ben, Yes, I uh, I thought he did very well. Like he did, he he played it much better than I thought he would. Because obviously Kevin Conroy is the best Batman, but as a voice actor, um, and he's he's never played him as right. a live action person. There was yeah. only there was only one scene where I could tell uh, that he was just doing all of the acting with his mouth. Because, you know, that's <laughs> oh, what a voice actor does. He is not um, just a voice actor, though. Like, he has live action roles on his resume. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm just throwing it out there. The guy actually knows how to act, not just being a voice actor. Um, yeah. I mean, they. it doesn't help that they put him in that exoskeleton uh, so he could hardly move. Yeah. Or he was supposed to yeah. act like he could hardly move. Um, I'm like, if, if I were Batman and I had all that money and I've, you know, made Batman suits and everything, I mean, uh, it's like if if you're that injured that you need to walk around in a, you know, Frankenstein uh, exoskeleton, why not just add a little something to it with some servo motors and some something. And Hey, wait a minute. I could almost sort of be like an Iron Man type of a character here. Couldn't I? And you know, it just seems like an easy jump, but they didn't do it. Um, I got the impression though that, I mean, this is obviously kind of a, a take on, on the dark Knight from Frank Miller's dark Knight returns. And yeah. I, I was okay with it. I mean, this feels like a guy who is old and broken and done. You know, and yeah, and, and, and that that's was, what he was supposed to be. Right. Yeah. So it totally yeah. worked for me. 
I really, really enjoyed the revelations of this whole scene, though. Yeah. They come mm-hmm. to him to find the paragon of courage, mm-hmm. who is supposed to be. I, I can't remember the 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 clue that they gave that meant it couldn't. It, it could be him or someone else, but it'll lead them to the bat. Right. Of it'll the lead them to the bat of the future, and so they yeah. are looking at. To us, we think, okay, yeah, bat of the future because he's from the future. Uh, this is future Batman, but the the whole thing where Kara reveals, oh, he's keeping these trophies, and one of the trophies is Clark's glasses. Yeah, like what an awesome moment! Just the way that that all worked out, and uh, and then he's dead. <laughs> and <laughs> that, you want to talk about surprising death? I was not surprised when Green Arrow died, but when he died, when Batman yeah. died, that was a surprise. That was it huge. Seemed a little quick. Well, they had to get to the next thing. That's everything, though. This whole thing. Yeah. The, you know, I'm a firm believer that a person's greatest weakness is also their greatest strength. You know, and, and you, your your great strength is a reflection of your great weakness, and your great weakness is a reflection of your great strength. And so if you're someone who just goes and, and just does things without thinking because you're just going to get things done, that's a weakness and a strength. You know, that's someone who gets things done quickly and you need someone like that, you know, but then the person who second guesses and, you know, analyzes and all that, that's a great weakness because maybe they don't end up ever doing anything, but it's a great strength because they are analyzing and figuring things out, you know? So this show, this, this crisis on infinite earths, it's great strength. It's just, it's so big and there's so much going on and it's great weakness is that it's so big and there's so much going on there's too much going on they need five more episodes maybe uh but they're packing (laughs) everything they can and so you have a quick scene where all of a sudden batman's dead the whole thing with oliver's soul in purgatory where they're trying to draw out him remember me dad remember me do you remember me i'm your friend you know all that stuff Mm -hmm. it was too quick yeah. yeah, it was just too quick. It was just, oh, oh, yeah. I'm attacking you. Hey, don't you remember me? Oh, yeah, I do. I do remember <laughs> you. And oh, now I'm going to go with this guy over here. Thanks for everything you've done to try and rescue me. And, and the whole subplot gone. Yeah. And yeah. it just uh, I felt like, OK, they that subplot, they wanted to get that in there. And it's just quick, well, quick, quick. And- I told Ben I was I was freaking out because Jim Corrigan just walks out. Who's the specter? And I was like, yeah, and I, I like the Spectre as a character. And Ben's was like, has has he been in shows before? No, <laughs> no, he has not. He Never. just not walks once. out, announces yep. <laughs> himself, and then they walk off. And it's just yep. this so fast. Hi, I'm the Spectre. I'm going to be me. Oh, okay. Yep. <laughs> show enough. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. So again, it, great strength, great weakness. I mean – and I really don't think there's any other way they could do it. If they're going to do this, this story and hit all these beats, you know, I, I'm just imagining the writer's room on this thing. Yeah. <laughs> Cause like crisis on infinite earth, it's 12 issues, but they're the most dense comic book issues you will ever read. Like oh, it's yeah. just every page is packed, packed, packed with panels and dialogue and characters and like you've never 40 heard of. crossovers too. Absolutely. I mean, ev- yeah. everything had their last issue. It's just you know? so dense. And, yeah. Yeah. Well, 
Yeah. Here's the other thing. He's talking of dense. Uh, have you heard about the Walmart comics that they're doing? Uh-huh. So well, they're doing. I've heard of Walmart comics in general. No, for Crisis on Infinite Earths. They're doing a no. they're doing a tie in comic. Walmart exclusive 100 page giant comic that is uh, two issues. One is supposed to come out this month. I haven't seen it yet. I've been looking. Uh, and then one will be next month. But it's part of it is a, some character who the actress wasn't available. And so I can't even remember which character it is. And they had some stuff they wanted her to do. So she does it in the comic book. It's official. <laughs> it's official canon, official tie-in. Uh, but it's a 100-page giant. It's one of those five, $5 comics. Uh, so it also has a couple issues of um, Crisis on Infinite Earths. And I believe huh. Marv Wolfman worked on the new material yeah. for this. And he wrote some of the episodes. Oh, did he? Yeah. He was a co-writer on the third one okay. for sure. I know that. Yeah, and, and he's the writer of of the the comic book series. And the so these hundred page giants, uh, if you're not a, if you're not uh, aware of what they are, uh, these are things that were were Walmart exclusives. You can now get them in uh, comic shops, but it's hundred pages, and it would have twelve ish pages of new material, and then uh, another seventy some pages of reprint material from other comic series, and. It's a great little package for five bucks. It's a it's a great deal, but this is uh, official tie-in stuff, and I'm I'm really curious. Like I want to read it. I want to see like what does it look like. <laughs> but there's just so much story, and this is part of the story that they wanted to do. And when they realized the actress wasn't available, they're like, okay, we can't do it on the screen. And then wait a minute, we can still do it. Pretty cool. It is in the pe- in the past they've done uh, animation for tie-in things. Like Vixen was a character in one episode, and she got her own like limited animated series that is official canon. Oh, really? Yeah, and and same thing with Constantine, I believe. Yeah, I'll I'll send you the links for that too. Yeah, the Constantine thing is is really convoluted because he had his own series, and then he had. Um, a like a one-time only guest appearance in, on Arrow, on Arrow, and mm-hmm. then then he was on the Legends thing. Yep. And now he's like a a, a big shot in this the Crisis thing. I'm like, <clears throat> well, for he's a character been a, that he's been a, a big shot that I don't on, like very much. I'm like getting a lot of them. Yeah, he's been a big shot on Legends this whole season. Maybe last two seasons. I don't know. Yeah. So. All right. Anything else we need to cover? I don't know. I mean, like I said, there's, there's so many different things going on. I wouldn't oh. be surprised if in the interim between now and then, seeing as how well the, the episodes did, that, you know, I, I bet they're still trying to get some, you know, some little, you know, maybe uh, Linda Carter to you know put on the the costume one more time or something Mm -hmm. and just just a couple more you know see if they can just grab them in and 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 edit them in 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 places where it it would make sense they could get linda carter because she was the president on supergirl okay here's the thing it's all really cool until you realize they're only bringing them back to die like that's the only thing that they're actually doing except for the flash from 1990 um 
And I was disappointed actually when Brandon Routh disappeared and yes. Lex Luthor took his place. It makes sense. And story-wise, it throws a nice little monkey wrench into things. Uh, yep. That's the one interesting thing for me is all of this is just about how it doesn't matter what your plans are. You know, the best laid plans of mice and men often go astray or awry mm-hmm. or whatever. You know, that's what this whole thing is about is like even the monitor who knows everything that's going on. Uh, he just can't account for humanity just screwing things up. Like this yep. is, they're they're just doing their own thing. They've got their own uh, agenda. You know, Supergirl, like, I got to save my world. I got to save my world. Well, you're a paragon of hope. Ah, but I got to do this to save my world, you know, and it's just <laughs> and, and the monitor is trying to it's, it's like he's trying to, you know, corral cats and he, he can't get them all together. And he's dead. You know, he, yeah. he gets killed. Yeah. And it's just like moment after moment after moment, you have these it kind of reminded me you have all these prophecies basically happening and they all happen correctly, but they all happen in a way that you're not expecting them to. And so everything's working out, but not really, you know? And so, uh, the paragon of courage, this, this, this Batman I'm sending you to, he will lead you to the bat of the future. Well, because of what he did, that makes Batwoman say, Oh, I'm not going to be like that, you know, and I'm going to, I'm going to be what I need to be to be the, the courage person. And, it reminds me of because it's Christmas time right now, like how if all these prophecies of Christ and no one got it right. Right. Like nobody, <laughs> nobody expected it to happen the way it did. And he's like fulfilling prophecies left and right. And and no one is catching on except for him. And he's explaining it to, to people. you know. Mm-hmm. And, but um, it just the, the whole thing is all about. I have a plan. Doesn't matter because. It's, it's going to change anyway. We're going to try and save Ollie. No, doesn't matter. He's he's going to be the specter. <laughs> so all that stuff you just did in that subplot, never mind. Superman going around killing all the Supermen. No, no, it doesn't matter because first of all, that guy there, he's not even having, he doesn't even have powers. And, and second of all, we're going to capture you and we're going to take the book from you. You know, it just, yeah. And it's interesting because usually you have a hero's journey where there's a, there's a destination for the journey and this one the destination just keeps moving and it's like i'm going here i'm going here nope i guess i'm going over there yep it's an interesting way to to style it you know and now it's just seven characters all alone with no universe at all (laughs) like where do you go from there yeah i i'll be tuning in for the for the next stuff excited to see it and those episodes will be on the same night right oh i don't know i'm I'm pretty sure they're both on the same night back to back okay sweet yeah don't remember the date though january something january 8th or something something like that something like that all right gentlemen final words what you got my final word words couple words i have a couple it's not just one word. My final words. Worlds lived, worlds died, and the DC universe was never the same. Oh, one more thing I want to talk about real quick. Hey, make it your final word. Well, I've got another final word. Oh, okay. <laughs> but but <laughs> this <laughs> okay, so in the Else Worlds, which was the crossover last year before this, where they set up the monitor and stuff, they spent a lot of time setting up the psycho pirate. And 
teasing him as a guy who's going to return for the next thing. And he nice. even, he turns around to the camera and says that slogan, worlds will live, worlds will die, and the universe will never be the same. <laughs> and and he's nowhere. <laughs> they didn't bring him back. They didn't do anything with him. Maybe so, he will be. Hopefully. I don't know. So, because I, I always like him as a character because he his power set is like really interesting and powerful and would be yeah. a great great thing to put against good guys. Anyway, so my last thing, this verse really stuck out to me as I've been reading. Um, and, uh, it reminded me of, you know, the stuff we were talking about with the antimatter wall and with the flash's sacrifice. And obviously, you know, when I said this world had a cross and that one had a treadmill, obviously it's not the same thing at all because Jesus saves, you know, on all levels, physical, spiritual, uh, and legally, you know, in the courtroom of God. So, but it's, uh, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. So there, there's so much death going around and it makes you think of mortality. But, um, just like in this show, even though it's through comic book shenanigans, there's hope for resurrection. And with us, it's more of a sure hope. Well, it is a sure hope because God said it. So, if we put our faith in Christ, death is nothing to fear because it's only temporary. Right. And my final word is this. Are all the other shows this self-referential? <laughs> like, I think they they use the joke three times. It's his first crossover. Yes, I noticed like, that too. <laughs> what yeah. is up with that? And then how many times are you going to say this crisis He's in the crisis. <laughs> yes. Well, it is that, a crisis on infinite earths. Yes. Title. The the crisis thing, I cannot understand that. And I'm going to cut them slack for that because the entire, you know, last seasons, the monitor has been like, there will be a crisis. The crisis and, is coming. And, and the, you're going to die in the crisis. And yeah. the newspaper. I mean, it, yeah. the, the word crisis is printed there for five years already or yeah. whatever so the monitor has given it this label already and he's been telling them about it so i'm gonna cut them slack but yeah the crossover thing that's breaking the fourth wall oh they i feel like there was <laughs> many times when they're just kind of winking at yep. the camera like hey <laughs> <laughs> burt ward uh what was it holy i can't remember red skies of death yeah <laughs> like really you know that that's death coming okay <laughs> Yeah, maybe it's just a red dawn. Maybe the sun just changed color. <laughs> but uh, my other final word is thank you very much for listening, everyone. And uh, really appreciate it. And we're going to be talking about the next uh, part. So parts four and five uh, sometime in January. And I uh, hope you'll be along for the ride. But bottom line is they might be cheesy. It might be goofy. It might be, you know, cheap special effects here and there. This it's a lot of fun. This 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 series, uh, it's been a lot of fun. Those three episodes. I'm glad I watched them, even though I'm not sure what exactly some of the storylines are that are that led up to it. So yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Hope you have a good evening. You too. You sir. too. And uh, everyone else, thank you for listening, and Godspeed. You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast hosted by Ben Avery, Evan David, Steve McDonald, and Dr. Jason Neal. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. 
We'd love for you to join the conversation by going to our website at strangersandaliens.com where you'll find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com. Or you can join our social media conversations by following us on Twitter, where we are at Strange and Alien, or liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangersandaliens. Or leave us a voicemail by calling the Strangers and Aliens hotline. That number is 1-804-37-ALIEN. And once again, thanks for listening. Can you read my mind?